0: Welcome to Whitefields Church Podcast. Our focus is to help you grow relationally, emotionally, and spiritually. I hope you enjoy the message. I think it's so important at the beginning of the year that we have a a word from God that, you know, is very concrete. And when we are moving with our church family forward, that we are able to walk out our faith. Um, not just talking, but acting on it and being active members of God's family. Amen? So let's open up with the prayer, Lord. Again, thank you so much for this word that speaks to us. I just ask, Lord, that you'd be able to deliver what you wanted to say, Lord. We love you. We praise you. We thank you for your word. And in Jesus' mighty name we pray, amen. All right. So uh, it was perfect, uh, that song that we just sang about, you know, what God can do with something that is broken and make it beautiful. And what God does like that in our lives. Um, The more I reflect on my past, (laughs) the more I understand how awesome God is. And I'm very grateful for that. And uh, the message title today is called Pivotal Decisions, all right? And uh, there's a sub title on it, From Mistakes to a Purpose, all right? really want you to sink those words in into your spirit. How many of you are right now in the middle of a decision or you're making a decision, a big decision? Anybody about to make a big decision? Anybody has has plans to make big decisions this year? All right. Yeah, I have several. So anyways, what are you going to do about it? That's that's my question to you. Are you gonna just keep asking people until you get the right answer? You know, the the answer that you actually wanted. <laughs> you just want people to confirm it. <laughs> uh, I've done that before, and then um, honestly, I kind of like to set off things to last minute. Sometimes when it comes to big decisions, I'm an Enneagram Type One personality, kind of like want to get my ducks in a row. I have my whole calendar planned out and everything like that. But when it comes to big decisions. Um, I just, I just watch my favorite shows. <laughs> when it comes, to, when it comes to last minute, that's when I make a decision. And whatever happens, I'm like, all right, I'm just gonna roll with it. So, um, you know, when I say big decisions, a lot of decisions that you make, you don't know if they're big, big decisions or not at the moment, you know. And that's why, that much more, I need God in my life and every day, especially in my decision making, because every decision impacts the future. And everything that I do, like, some people, for, you know, you can, if you can ask people, what is a big decision? Like, before me and Larissa got married, our big question was, where are we going to get married? I don't know why that was the biggest decision. <laughs> you know, later on, I realized that that was not even that big of a decision. It doesn't even matter. Some people really stress out about it, you know. What are going to be the colors of the wedding? I didn't even know there's such a phrase. Uh, until you're about to get married and your uh, fiancé introduces you, that there's colors to the weddings, uh, a theme, I guess. <laughs> but, you know, more important question for, uh, for us was, you know, how are we going to resolve a conflict, all right? So though, that was a very big thing for me because i seen other marriages and I saw other people and I saw them argue all the time. And I was like, I'm not excited to get married, not, not if, it, if that's what comes <laughs> with it. But the reality is it's, you know, two different people coming together to make a sole purpose and decision to follow Christ or um, to be wedded together until death. And, uh, but life will throw all sorts of challenges. How many know that, right? All right, so bigger, bigger decisions, though, for us, you know, was like, what church are we going to go to? And it's, it's funny how some people put that question to the very last on the list. They'll move for a job. They'll move uh, for any kind of opportunity or anything like that. But when it comes to like, hey, where are we going to go to church? That seems to be on the back burner. But see, those things, those questions are very important because this is where you establish relationships. And I can tell you this. That was very important because my relationship within the church, it caused me, it increased my relationship with the Lord. It really has improved my relationship with the Lord. And that's why it's so important to make that decision, and I think it's awesome, because at the beginning of the year, we all make decisions, right, we're like, we're going to do this this year, you know, everybody probably made a list, I made a ton of them um, before, and uh, if I could get one-fourth of them completed just in previous years, I would have been happy, but I want to encourage you to set realistic goals, and this is what we're going to hit up on today, um, I actually want to use one story in the Bible, and it's not your usual uh, sermon. And then we're going to go by, you know, through chapter, um, just verse by verse kind of thing. And we're going to be able to analyze. And I want to show something that God really spoke to me. And really, I've not heard many sermons on this passage uh, before. So anyways, there's a term that they use in basketball, pivot. Anybody heard that? All right. So the pivot, I'm going to try to explain it. Um, <laughs> it's when you're one, you're, one of your foot is planted, so you receive a ball in basketball You cannot get a ball and walk with it. You know, you can only take three steps after it. So um, I'm not a big fan of basketball, but I was always very much, uh, I was, that move really encouraged me. So, and I don't know why, um, I was like, pivot, that is kind of an interesting thing. Because I was watching basketball one time, and that's how the Lord spoke to me. And so, because you can't pivot until you're planted. So one of your foot is planted, you receive a ball, and you can pivot. But every time you pivot, you're in one spot, but when you're pivoting, you're getting different angles of things, all right? Yeah. So I want that image for us to see that anything we do, it's a small step, but it's directional. It sets a direction. And a lot of times it's like, oh, it's a small move. I'm standing in one spot, but I re- redirected my attention somewhere else. And I don't know that how big of the move is until I walk it out, right? If I make my move that way, I'll walk it out, and I'm going to end up over there. But if I w- make a small move this way, I'm going to walk out, and I'll, be- I'll end up over there. Um, I love to use analysis or examples from airplanes. You know, they have this autopilot, and they set um, course. And if you're off by one degree, if they set degree off just by one, it's not a big deal at first, right? At first, you don't notice it. But as you keep flying that direction, you're going to end up in a whole different area different part of the world if you're flying those big jet liners so one degree off so every decision we make is very very pivotal you know so and pivoting is not just for athletes right it's it's for politicians you guys heard of politicians pivoting before they they ask a question it always frustrated me i would watch debates and i'm like they ask him a question and then they totally just go off on their own tangent and um yeah, and it's, it's also for preachers, believe it or not, because <laughs> as a preacher, you get asked some silly questions, some dumb questions, you know, like, what horse is Jesus coming back on? I promise you, it, you, you will not believe this, but it's, it's true. And, you know, how do you answer that? You know, what, what horse is Jesus coming back on? <laughs> And the way I would respond is, I'm like, regardless of what horse Jesus is coming back on, it's important that we have a sense of urgency. Do you see how I just did that? Yeah. I just, and now I didn't answer his question, and it, I didn't make him look silly, and I didn't have to answer that silly question. So, anyways, regardless of what the horse Jesus is coming back on, we have a sense of urgency. So, um, anyways, how do you start your day? It's not, a, it's not a big deal, right? It's not a big decision, but it's, it's pivotal. It's, it's, uh, it sets a direction. Right. You start your day and you have a plan in mind, you go for it. But if you start your day and you're like, ah, Monday, ah, uh, or people that are working and then they're like, can't wait till 5 o'clock or can't wait till Friday. I want us to start living in faith because every day that you wake up, God is not done. I love the song that we've been singing late, you know, you know My Testament. We're going we're gonna to end that uh, service with that song. You know, if I'm not dead, you're not done. If I'm not dead, God's not done with us. Walk in that phrase, amen? Hallelujah. And so, and last week I've mentioned, right, we teach kids small things, um, small habits. And if we teach them early, they pick it up, and then it becomes natural. And I've brought an example, you know, brushing your teeth. Here's your another life hack tip, you know. Teach them early because then they're grabbing their toothbrushes automatically already. They're excited. We got a Sonicare. If you have an option to do that, do it. <laughs> and you know what's so cool? The Sonicare creates an app and it shows a little cartoon and it walks them through their teeth. And every time they accomplish it, like whatever, two and a half minutes or three minutes, it gives them rewards and points and bonuses. So uh, I'm not always, you know, bashing on technology. I think there's some cool little things things to do. But anyways, you set a course for a kid early on. In fact, scripture talks about it in Proverbs 22, six. okay? Proverbs 22.6, if you want to write it down. Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. That's when you teach those little things that you think they're not a big deal, that we're, whenever we're eating food, we're sitting together as a family. And so those are really awesome things to do. But anyway, some things in our life you know, will be decided outside of our control. There are certain things we can do, and what we can do, and we can follow them and things like that. Those are great. But some things will be out of our control. But the amazing thing, amazing thing, is that God is bigger than any of our decisions. And how many, how many of you have made only good decisions in your life? No one? said was joking about it. Yeah. We've, we've made plenty of bad decisions. I've made personally so many bad decisions that I, when I go back, I'm like, how did I do that? Why would I do that? <laughs> but God is bigger than any of my even bad decisions. And God is not just a synonym, you know, for good decisions. Like, God is, God is sovereign, and he's able to take any situation, any situation, just as he did in my life, and turn it for good, Right? I love quoting Romans 8:28, and I, and it's all right. I'm not going to apologize because it says all things work together for good. It doesn't say only good things. All things work together for good. Those that love Jesus, that are called according to His purpose. Amen. Yeah. All right, And so I wanted us to look in this book of Judges, chapter 13. Uh, let me give you a little background set up this scripture. So it's a pivotal time for Israel. They're in a cycle of sin, judgment, and deliverance, and they didn't have a king at this time, and they were disobedient to the Lord. And because of that, God would just keep appointing different judges. They call them judges or people that would just lead the people and, um, in order to deliver them. So let's jump right into Judges chapter 13, verse 1. Again, the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. So the Lord delivered them into the hands of the Philistines. Stop. Lord delivered them into the hands of Philistines. You always hear about God delivering people out of situations, right? But here in your Bible, in our Bible, it says that God has delivered them into the hands of the enemy. So I don't know if that messes with your uh, theology, Uh, at all or not but I kind of hinted on that last week that God takes a bad situation right God can deliver you into a bad situation in order to save you in order to preserve you in order to save your soul it happens it happens it happened in me so but same God who delivered them out of the hands of the enemies is now delivering them into the hands of the enemies let's continue reading verse two a certain man of Zorah named Manoah from the clan of Danites had a wife Who was childless, unable to give birth. The angel of the Lord appeared to her and said, You are barren and childless, but you are going to become pregnant and give birth to a son. Now see that you drink no wine or other fermented drink and that you do not eat anything unclean. You will become pregnant and have a son whose head is never to be touched by a razor. Because the boy is to be a Nazarite, dedicated to God from the womb. He will take the lead in delivering Israel from the hands of Philistines, which God delivered them into, right? right. So that he could deliver them from what was in them to begin with, to that got them into that sinful cycle. It's amazing. So he's going to use now the child to deliver them out. And this is where he gets really good. All right, verse 6. Then the woman went to her husband and told him, A man of God came to me. He looked like an angel of God. Very awesome. (laughs) I'd be like, hold up, man coming to my wife. (laughs) A good-looking man. It's not like, you know, because he didn't have, like, wings or a harp, like how we perceive God shows up. Because remember, you know, God shows up in the context of relationships a lot of times. But anyways, when you hear from God, you won't always know for sure. It's like, is that God or not, you know? So here, a man appears, all right? So maybe God. And remember, a couple of months back, we talked about Samuel, when we were talking about our calling. When God called Samuel, he wasn't sure. He was like, uh, that, is that Eli? Because he served under Eli, and so he kept running to Eli, because it sounded something that he was used to. And a lot of times when God speaks to us, it's in the context of relationships the people that are close to us, all right? So... And she's telling, you know, her husband, because it's right now, it's like, oh, this man of God came to me. And let's continue reading there. I didn't ask him where he came from, and he didn't tell me his name. But he said to me, you'll become pregnant and have a son. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. So this awesome-looking man coming, talking to my wife and saying that she's going to become pregnant. I, I love the Bible. Now then... Drink no wine or other fermented drink, and do not eat anything unclean, because the boy will be an Nazarite of God from the womb until the date of his birth. I love how God already had things in mind, so specific. Verse 8 Then Manoah prayed to the Lord, Pardon your servant, Lord. So, pretty much like, Lord, I don't mean to bother you. I know you have a universe to run, but I beg you to let the man of God you sent to us come again. To teach us how to bring up the boy who is to be born. Yeah. If you could send him back for a few minutes, Lord. He's pretty much—he just wants a confirmation. I just got a few questions to ask him. This guy—I need some details and specifics. So please, Lord, you know, send your bag, send your guy back. Who said that we we're going to have a son that is going to like change the world or in that area in that region? So I need to know the plan. And any planners in the house? Any planners? like I said I'm a, I'm a big time planner right and uh, thank God for you because it's awesome because when we're starting worship you know and uh people some people come in late you know but I'm not I'm not I'm not hating on anybody that's coming in late it's just that you know uh <laughs> those people that are punctual it can be a problem Where people like us like me like I said you know who are planning everything out they need to know the details and the order of things all right so um he says pretty much, Lord, if I can get just a few minutes with the, with the fellow who told you know, my wife that she was going to become pregnant, I really need to talk to them. And I love this next phrase, verse 9. So awesome. There's so much anointing on that. God heard Manoah. Yeah. So it's amazing that when, when Manoah asked God to confirm it, God didn't say, hey, figure it out yourself and trust me. Uh, God hears us. And it's amazing. So, and God accommodated that need. And I love this. As God heard Manoah, tell the person next to you and say, God hears me. God hears me. Amen. Hears me better than Siri and Alexa. Man, the Lord is good. He knows my voice. He, he loves when we cry out to him. He loves when we express our hearts before the Lord it is very, very crucial that we express everything before him because God hears those things. He hears our groans. He hears those, you know, unspoken need. You know, I'm sure when you were younger in the Bible school, you heard that, I have an unspoken need. Guess what? God sees all that, and he wants us to bring that to him. He loves when we sing to him, when we express our heart before him. And so verse 9 says, God heard Manoah, and the angel of God came again to the woman. Here Manoah asked, Lord, if it's you, I need to speak to him. And and I love how God just does things his way. God heard Manoah, and the angel of God again came to the woman. Wait, the woman, right? He was just asking for it. So Manoah asked, you know, to speak, you know, with the Lord, but God does it his things. God is not going to always do it the way we perceive it or the way we like it um, or the way we think God should be doing it, all right? He's going to want to see if you can trust him. And I love that. So the angel came again to the woman while she was out in the field. But her husband, Manoah, was not with her. The woman hurried to tell her husband. I kind of I like how God probably, God understood Manoah. I mean, if some guy is coming in and telling some woman that, you know, she's going to be pregnant. He's some good-looking guy. You know, and there's a reason God just kept showing up to the woman. But this is awesome, though. Manoah was not with her. The woman hurried to tell her husband, he's here, the man who appeared to me the other day. Manoah got up and followed his wife. When he came to the man, he said, are you the man who talked to my wife? She said this awesome-looking man, and he's like, because he's, now Manoah's talking to the, this guy, right? And he's like, this, she said that this awesome-looking man came to her and said that she was going to get pregnant. Is that you? And he says, the angel said, I am. So Manoah asked him, when, you, when, your, words, uh, when your words are fulfilled, and pretty much he's saying, I don't doubt that you'll do it, I just need to know the plan, all right? What is to be the rule that governs the boy's life and work? So they just want to know specifics. How do we do this? How do we do that? You know, do we put him in a special school? Do we get him a tutor? Do we teach him karate? Do we get him into jujitsu? I mean, it's kind of a major thing, you know. They're looking for somebody that will be protecting the Israel, right? So, uh, but I love this. You know, watch how the angel pivots. Uh, The angel uh, pivots from what Manoah asked to what he needed to know at that moment. He's like, Look, Manila, you're asking too many questions. You can't handle the full plan right now, all right? But verse 13, the angel of the Lord answered, "Your wife must do all that that I've told her. She must not eat or anything. Uh, she must not eat anything that comes from the grapevine, nor drink any wine or other fermented drink, nor eat anything unclean. She must do everything I have commanded her. It's so just nothing unclean, nothing fermented, no wine. That's all you need to know right now, Manila. All right? So he pivots from what you think you need to know, right? From what he, he thinks the manoa needs to know to what he really needed to know. So sometimes God won't answer what I ask. It's true, and um, but He'll give me the wisdom for that situation, how to be, um, how to handle myself in that situation. Because oftentimes we can't explain uh, the situation we're in right now, and we're like, I don't even know what to do, um, and. Then, This is what the Lord spoke to me. Anything that you can't name is God. (laughs) Because we can't express God. He's the almighty God, creator of the universe. He does things the way he wants it. But everything you can name, it's like, uh, that's pretty simple. And a lot of times, anything that we can't name, it's it's because it's from God. And God wants to set a different direction and say for you today, I'm serious. So you're not perhaps seeing this situation from how I'm seeing it. That's why you got to pivot and put your focus on me, yeah. all right? So, and oftentimes we look for anything when it comes to any situation in our logic, right? In our analysis, we're like, calculations, hmm, if I do this or I do that. But God is spirit, right? And he, he moves as he pleases. And you can't get spirit through strategy. So, you got to come to God with open arms, open hands, and heart. Right. Small move. But it sets a completely different direction. Verse 15, Manoah said to the angel of the Lord, we would like you to stay until we prepare a young goat for you. Uh, Verse 16, the angel of the Lord replied. So here Manoah is like, hey, it's customary over there to anytime, you know, people come. It's like, hey, we're going to offer you food. You know, I made great kebabs made with goat, whatever. And it's nice. But I love that, you know, the angel of the Lord replied, And he pivots again. Even though you detain me, I will not eat any of your food. God's saying, "I'm not going to do it your way." But if you prepare a burnt offering, offer it to the Lord. And I really just love this. Manoah did not realize that it was an angel of the Lord. Okay. So, and this um, this is written by an author afterwards, right after the situation happened, uh, after the situation already happened. So, verse 17, the Manoah inquired of the angel of the Lord, what is your name so that we may honor you when your word comes true? He replied, again, pivots, make a great politician. Why do you ask my name? I am beyond understanding. It is beyond understanding. It is beyond understanding. You don't, know to, you don't need to know all the details right now, Manoah. You don't need to know... I understand this is a new situation to, for you. But anyways, but when you get past the point of your ability to figure it all out, that's where you find God. That's where he lives and dwells in the uncertainty in mystery where you have no one else to turn to. You hit this situation. You're like, man, why did I make this decision? But you only can pivot to God. And that's where God wants us. And he's, our, he's beyond our logic, right? Beyond our understanding. Just like he, the angel said, why do you ask my name? It is beyond your understanding. Verse 19, the Manoah, then Manoah took a young goat and together with the grain offering and sacrificed it to the rock, uh, to, on the rock to the Lord. And so I love this. Since the word came from the Lord, I'm going to make an offering back to the Lord. It doesn't make sense to me right now. So everything I have, Lord, the situation that I don't understand, Lord, only you can understand this. So, Lord, I'm going to let you deal with it. I can't do it on my own. And the Lord did something amazing while Manoah and his wife washed. As the flame blazed up from, up from the altar toward the heaven, the angel of the Lord ascended into, into flame. So he was not found in logic, right? He was found in the flame. Not in figuring out like Lord, tell me all the details right now. Lord's like, no, 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 don't worry. Just what you have right now, the offering, just bring it up to me. All right, that's all I need to know. So, but this is where we unlock it, you know. All our hope, all our things. That when we hit a rock, whatever, when we hit that, uh, uh, you know, dead end, when we put our focus to God, this because that's where our faith comes from. That's where we receive our power. Amen. And so when the flame went up, that's that's when revelation came through. So verse 20, as the flame blazed up from the altar toward the heaven, the angel of the Lord ascended in the flame. Seeing this, Manoah and his wife fell with their faces to the ground. When the angel of the Lord did not show himself again, Manoah and his wife, um, again, sorry, I apologize. Manoah realized that it was an angel of the Lord. We are doomed to die, he said to his wife. We have seen God. But his wife answered, If the Lord had meant to kill us, he would have not he would have he would not have accepted burnt offering and grain offering from our hands, nor shown us all these things or now told us this. So if God was out to get you, he would have gotten you. <laughs> you wouldn't have been here. How many of you believe that, yeah? yeah. So um, that's how I still know that God has mercy for me. Because <laughs> Clearly, I've made so many mistakes already, and I would be gone, and I know that. All right. And I, and I look back, and I'm like, look at how many times I've been off the path. I, I was walking the course, and then I slid to the side. But somehow, God just brought me through every situation. It's amazing. So, go in one direction, and then God just, like, gets you in this situation. It just turns your whole course around. Verse 24, the woman gave birth to a boy and named him Samson. I forgot to tell you that, right? <laughs> Samson, that big guy, right, the strong guy. He grew, um, and the Lord blessed him. From what we know, right, the uh, Samson got a bad haircut, all right? Because we always want to remember people by the poor choices or their worst decisions. But Samson, the strong one, right, who was bench pressing like 305 in seventh grade. This is the guy that God decides to ri- rise up. But it started from there, from their parents. So a lot of times when we read a context of the story, we're missing out a whole picture. So I really want us to encourage when we come home, read those chapters. Uh, they're so much full, full of action, and it's amazing what, how the Lord can speak through the Word. So this is how it started. But he kept making bad decisions. Uh, we're not going to read a lot because it goes on and on from one decision to another decision. But decisions have consequences. And we have a destiny, but we still make our choices. And God is sovereign, but you're still responsible for everything that you do. So how you process your desires and your decisions right now are very important. And I believe that's what God is really setting us for this new year. Just how am going to do every little thing? I'm going I'm, I'm to be cautious, all right? Verse 25, and the spirit of the Lord began to stir him while he was in the Mahanadan between Zorah and Esethal. He's growing up, and God's hand is on this boy's life, right? And at his young age, you know, he's just doing things good. He's strong, the biceps and things like that. They're noticing, learn to r- ride the bike at the age of two, whatever. You know, he's he's now a star football player. But then the pivot, all right? Because as parents, I'm, I'm looking this at this story from a parent perspective. And I'm sure many of the parents can relate now. And then he pivots. And so when you make a decision to, it's, it's not a big one, right? Let me reflect this real quick. But... Like to go to church it's not a big decision it's only 1.5 hours away uh, from your from from your week and 15 minute drive maybe it's longer for certain people it's not a big decision or if you make a decision this year that i'm like i'm going to read one chapter of the bible before i go to bed instead of checking my facebook or instagram it's not a big decision but it's a very pivotal decision which will probably will take you what three to five minutes to read that chapter All right? And so, or if you make uh, this plan this year to honor the Lord with your finances or to be punctual, that's a big thing. Some people, like, you would think they're living right next to church or uh, I live next to sports complex. And when I began living next to sports complex, whenever I'd come to my soccer games, I thought, I'm like, oh, great. Now it's going to be easier for me. I'll be more punctual. But it actually was opposite. I realized that I'm like, I'm living right next to sports complex. Not a big deal. And But I would be starting running late. And then I, soon enough, I realized it became a habit. <laughs> so I needed to turn that around. So it's not big decisions that we make this at the beginning of the year, but they're very pivotal. Um, and that's what happens with um, Samson. So we often want big things from God, but it's just literally in those little decisions that we make, all right, that set the day, decade, and maybe even generations to come. Uh, now, it's all going good until one day, Judges chapter 14, verse 1. Samson went down to Timnah and saw there a young Philistine woman. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Who is Samson supposed to deliver people from? Huh? Philistines, right? So now he's in love with what he's called to defeat. And he has a desire. Well, yeah, you, any of you have desires that are not? That don't sound anything like written in the scripture. You know, people get desires and things like that. So anyways, so here Samson has a desire, and he's like, I want this woman right now. And this is not Delilah, by the way. That's not even happening until chapter 16. So uh, this is just a pivotal moment, all right, early on. Verse 2, when he returned, he said to his father and mother, I have seen Philistine woman and Timnah, now get her for me as my wife. His father and mother replied, "Isn't there accountable? Isn't there acceptable woman accountable to? <laughs> isn't there acceptable woman among your relatives or among our people? Must you go to the uncircumcised Philistines to get a wife?" But Samson said to his father, "Get her for me. She's the right one for me. All right. I'm not looking forward to my kids growing up when I have to help them decide on that." <laughs> uh but there's uh there's several times in the scripture uh, through judges it says that everyone was doing what was right in their own eyes okay so this is uh, samson thinking like this is i know this is this is it this is it so everyone was doing what was right in their own eyes so he's on the path he's growing up he's blessed spirit of the lord is stirring him up and then all of a sudden his life pivots all right and this kid you know so cute Until he started growing up, until he started talking. If you think about it, right, with your children. Like, what a precious little guy. And then they start talking, and then the first word they say is mine. Yeah. So it's not just with children, right? It's it's in any time in your life. You're going one course, and all of a sudden the life will just pivot on you. You thought you had a wonderful job and everything was great, all the benefits, and then boom, you lost it. Or you were, you know, raising a child, everything was great, and all of a sudden they began driving, and they started seeing certain friends. So he's like, I saw this gal in Timnah, and now so the destiny of the nation of Israel, right, is threatened by Samson's bad decision. And so parents are like, please, like, don't hang out with those friends. Theirs are not good friends. And... Because the thing is, Philistines were known, everything they did was contrary to the Word of God. You know, they were worshiping other idols, sacrificing children. I've looked up. It's pretty intense, actually. So the Phoenicians and the Philistines had really weird practices, um, very abusive practices that were contrary to the Word of God. Verse 3, isn't there acceptable woman among the relatives, among all the people? Must you go to the uncircumcised Philistines to get a wife? I realize I just read that, but... But Samson said to his father, get her for me, she's she's the right one for me. So, and now this child, who has so much potential, promise, think about it, right? God clearly spoke to parents, and they're like, we know what this kid is going to do. And here he is, completely stirring off course. And he's making the dumbest decision he can possibly make, right? To run to, from what he's supposed to deliver people from, all right? So going right into the hands of the enemy you can't convince them and parents can relate to that right you can't convince your child and by the way those people that write parenting books you know like seven ways to raise a child (laughs) I I always thought it was so easy a lot of times I looked up it's actually some of those people didn't have it even their own children believe it or not yeah you you get one strong willed child and you see how if you will write the book differently you know you probably burn your own book but some stuff we can't control, really. It's true. And as much as I, I'm looking forward to my kids growing up, and at the same time, I'm like, I don't know. There's only so much I can do. I have this in, a little gap window, probably until nine and even eight, and then they start making up their own mind about everything. So I got to invest. So here's what's happening with uh, uh, Samson, this pivotal moment, right? This is the pivotal moment of my message. I really wanted to bring this to this. Um, yeah. And really got me excited because everyone knows what it's like you know, to have a plan. Like my child's going to attend certain university. He's going to not a, never get a grade below B. All sorts of things. All right. And so, but they knew. All the Samson's parents knew that this is trouble. But I love. And next time you get into the situation, when you get into the uneasy situation, I love what I love what Samuel did because Samuel is the one that wrote this. All right. And he wrote it, and he put in the parentheses a whole verse. So I want us next time to, when we get in a difficult situation, consider the parentheses. So all right? Because uh, parentheses is when we put something you know, in the sentence. Sense makes by itself. But if we wanted uh, uh, to, to add specific more information, we can add in parentheses and add the whole line in there. Um, it gives more additional information. And so obviously, Samson's parents are devastated. If he marries her, you know, he's going to go, you know, it's going to go against all the clashing values of their family and everything like that. But I love how the text pivots with the parentheses, all right? In Judges 14 says, His parents did not know that this was from the Lord. At that moment, they didn't know that. But this is Samuel writing afterwards, right? They did not know that this is from the Lord. His bad decision that God was going to use that it's amazing <laughs> you know it's, it's pretty easy to look at your giftings and all the blessings and say this is from the lord this is from the lord this is not of the lord this is not of the lord so um you know and you can say like oh i didn't any didn't drink any wine I didn't touch anything unclean I didn't watch bad movies all this stuff and you can you know i did everything right and now this you know this is from parents perspective like we did everything we could lord and what's going on but look whole verse four it says his parents did not know that this was from the lord who was seeking an occasion to confront philistines for all the time they were ruling over israel and hebrew original context says pretty much god was picking a fight he needed <laughs> he needed something he wanted to work through something so god wanted to see his people deliver from these phoenicians you know the is uh, the philistines and he was going to do it, but it wasn't going to do it through a good decision. It started as a bad decision. I want to just keep that in mind. So watch what he does. Because God is sovereign. God is almighty. He can turn any situation around. He is beyond our understanding. All right? No ways he can, you know, no ways no man can ever fathom the, just the, the idea of what God can do. All right? So he uses Samson's bad decision to deliver a nation. Now, if he did that for Samson... If he used this bad situation to deliver his purpose, wouldn't he do that for us? And so it's, a lot of us get stuck in our past. We've done something, we screwed up, and we think the rest of the life we're walking, it's because of this, or you're anticipating because, you know, you didn't walk holy before your marriage, didn't keep yourself into marriage, and, you know, that's it, I'm doomed. And from there on out, if I'm going to have a child, he's going to be disobedient. So you're, you're anticipating all this stuff. But I want you to know that God is sovereign. You know, there is things to do. You know, you can do things right before the Lord, and you're going to be blessed in that. But I want you to know that the enemy is pretty clever. He likes to take your mistake. He likes to take your uh, previous situation or a bad situation and keep reminding you it's because of your attitude. Your first marriage failed. Your second marriage failed. And he'll try to say that to you. And just keep that in mind that God is sovereign. He's above all your bad decisions. He can turn anything around. And that is very important for us to understand. Look at that verse 4. It's, it's amazing. His peers did not know that this was from the Lord. Sense makes sense without it, right? But it doesn't make sense. Well, sense doesn't, sense, <laughs> that sense by itself made sense. But without it, without those parentheses, that this was from the Lord, it doesn't make full sense to us. But now it does. Right. So, God wants us to try to make sense of our situation. You need to put parentheses on it. Look, Romans 8.28 says, And now we know that all things God works for good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Philippians 1.6 And he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. This message... I don't think it was just for me because it really did speak to me because I'm like that God can turn anything around. He takes any situation and he brings anything that he starts. God does a good job on it. He knows how to bring it to completion. There's something that the author knows, who's our author, God, that we don't know yet about our situation. So let's put a purpose on it. There's a purpose in our situation like, God, I don't like this right now. God this does not feel comfortable. God, I can't explain it. I can't put a word to it. I don't know what to do. And I've said that many times over the course of the last two years. Because I, as I became a young parent, I had a lot of questions. I was like, what do I do? Do I do this? Do I do that? Just like Samson's parents did. And, um, but then God said, you have me. You're going to be all right. What you need to do is do this right now. Just serve me and worship me in the moment doesn't, of the times of uncertainty, and I'll take care of the rest. And so I love this, right, how God can just take any bad situation, and please, if you have an opportunity, I mean, and I'm, I'm sure you will tonight perhaps, read those chapters. It goes from story to story because Samson's story went on a lot of plots and twists and turns, and every decision that he made, God was able to pivot into his, to fulfill his purpose. All right, so... Let's stand for prayer right now to our feet. And we're just going to say, Lord, thank you for speaking to us. Thank you, Father, for your word. That is so powerful, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you're able to deliver what you wanted for us to know, Lord. That it doesn't matter how the previous years were, Lord, and how we handle our situations, Lord. But we know right now, Lord, moving forward, we'd be able to walk with you. Walk according to your purpose, Father God. And Lord, I love that you're looking at us, Lord, and we're be keeping our heads down or like, Lord, I just, I'm not doing so well, but Lord, you're looking for something to work through, Lord. Samson wasn't supposed to marry that woman, Lord, but you made it possible, Lord. You made it work for your purpose, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in our lives, Lord. We just thank you for everything that you've brought us through, Lord. And we're excited, Lord, for the upcoming new year, Lord. We're excited to see what you're going to do through us, Lord God. You turn our any situation around, Lord, so you can bring yourself a glory so that we can carry that testimony. Hallelujah, Jesus. When we find beyond our understanding, Lord, we will pivot to your purpose. We know that God gives us peace that transcends all understanding, that is beyond our understanding. Hallelujah. Amen. And in the last week, uh, Revelation uh, twelve eleven, I ended that, and I want us to walk in that. It kind of transitions right into our year, talking about see what God can do through you. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. So you say the littlest thing that God did in your life, it can transform somebody else's life all right look at peter all right the last thing i want to bring up again just came to my mind he was walking on water he didn't even realize that while he had to focus on jesus everything was all right the moment he pivoted to those waves yeah. he started sinking that he forgot that he was walking on water it was a major deal so you're thinking right now like this is impossible that god can take the situation and turn it around but he can and he will and if you haven't, you know, trusted your God with many things lately, you, you're putting all your trust in yourself and you're thinking you can figure it out, this is the time to surrender. I want to give that opportunity right now. Just If we can bow our heads, just if you could just put your attention on the Lord. Say, Lord, I need, I need you. Thank you for joining us today. Please make sure to subscribe to our podcast. If you'd like more information about our church, please visit our website whitefieldsalaska.com. Thanks again for listening, and may God bless you today.